What's going on, everyone? You're listening to the Asian MMA Podcast, where we talk about anything and everything going on in the world of Asian MMA. I'm your host, Dana Bluen, and I'm joined today by the most valuable free agent journalist in the MMA space, my boy, Ant Walker. Ant, thank you for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's about time we got some working together. We've been in, in touch with each other for, for quite some time, but it's, yeah, for a while. it's nice to, to, yeah, to get it officially down, and we're working together. I like it. Yes, yeah, hopefully first of many, man. First of many. Definitely, definitely will be. So I wanted to talk to you because we both kind of been in this this space with Asian MMA for a while, and we go back and forth on a lot of stuff. Last week, something really interesting happened. Shinya Aoki published an article in Japanese that ended up getting translated, put up on Twitter, where he was essentially dogging one championship, which I thought was strange because him and Chatry have a very close relationship. I would say closer than Chuck and Dana. And so to see Shinya kind of step out of that circle was, was interesting for me. Did it strike you kind of uh, as being off? Yeah, it, it definitely kind of struck a chord with me because he's been uh, one of those longtime representatives of Evolve MMA. Yeah. Um, he's been one of the, the faces that they constantly promote for one championship. And, and just on top, uh, on top of that, beyond his, his, um, his tenureship with one and his relationship with Chatri, he's one of the the legends in mixed martial arts. He's he's a guy yeah, that yeah. well before one championship was ever a thing, Shinya Yoki was turning people into pretzels in yeah. in, in in Dream and Sengoku and you know wherever right. wherever you found him. Um, so I, I'm I was really kind of taken aback by it, but the everything that unfolded afterwards just wow. <laughs> yeah. The, let's talk about Shinya's background and his relationship with Evolve and Chatri real quick before we get into all the craziness that happened after that uh, that went out on Twitter. But I, I thought the, the most interesting thing was if you even go back, and I, I've put up links to this in the past. I have it on uh, AsianMMAPodcast.com where uh, Chatri used to corner Shinya Aoki in some of his fights. I mean, that's how far back their relationship goes there's an early one fc i think it was one fc two or three where chatry is before people knew he owned it is cornering shinya and their matchmaker matt hume is the referee for the fight and you got <laughs> chatry in the cage after the win hugging shinya i mean they've always had that really close relationship and if you People who on the inside, I think, sort of know the culture that one has and the role Chatry plays is kind of like the uh, the guy there. And to see it, of anyone, I would have never suspected to see Shinya step out and make the claims that one's going broke, fighters should find a new home, find a new way to make money is essentially what he said. Yeah, I, I think before I even go into that, I, I just have to address the the feeling of alienation and and total... Um, just total desperation that uh, Shinya Aoki's opponent had to feel when he he could see <laughs> the head of the company cornering uh, his opponent and the referee uh, being part of the loop as well. Yeah, not not a good day for your man's. Yeah, but, um, what that feels like. <laughs> man, that's a bad day at the office. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. But yeah, man, uh, Shinya just kind of he spilled a lot of beans. Like he he really he really let a lot out that we don't hear too often like a lot of times when we hear of of fighters speaking about their promoters unless yeah. we have like these odd situations where like mike tyson beat up don king 
or, or something, mm-hmm. something, you know, extreme to that nature. Yeah. We typically hear like some air of optimism, like like you want things to work out or you 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 want this to, to work out. You want um, uh, you want it to get better. And uh, and and if this gets fixed, and, but you kind of hear that tinge of optimism. Like I, I, I think back to like Dana White's feuds with his on, on and off feud with Tyron Woodley, where you'd hear you'd hear like this sense of, OK, let, maybe we can get this right. Yeah. But you didn't hear that at all in, in, in Shinya's statement. It wasn't it wasn't an air of optimism to it. It was just like, yeah, the, the sky is falling. Yeah. Uh, get out of Dodge. Um, I don't know what to do next. <laughs> That's kind of what it, what it sounded like to me. With Dana was never that was never that bad. Right. They, they still came together when it when it was time to cash those checks. Yeah. So. Um, I, I, you know, even f- to the fact where like Tito was even included on like the 25th anniversary stuff that happened in the UFC last year, like it is really, really crazy, um, to hear Shinya Aoki kind of yeah. out so much about one championship in that statement. Now, one of the things that we know, and uh, we know a lot of this because of, uh, one, the great work that's done over at a uh, bloody elbow where, where they've kind of un- uncovered quite a bit. And then. Our, our boy uh, Jonathan of Qualoon on Twitter, who uh, sort of one of the anonymous guys who's out there uh, retweeting and sharing stuff. So big shout out to him. But we know from one's financials, their public financials, they've taken a lot of money from different VCs, Sequoia Asia among them, and they're losing money like crazy. They don't sell tickets, so their gates are like in the thousands of dollars. They don't actually sell advertising. Most of that from what we see from their financials is in-kind service. So they're not making money on like those Marvel advertisements or those big movie deals that they have on the canvas. So they're hemorrhaging money. So to see someone like Shinya say this, it's very, very clear that something is going on. And the other thing he talked about was that they don't have anywhere near the traction in Japan that they seem to say they do. You know, despite apparently 85 trillion people watched uh, One Century, you know, just in just in Japan. Right. Just I mean, I mean, I guess they were counting like microorganisms that happen to be uh, near the TV or something. Um, Every cell in your body counts as a person. uh, Yeah, just just crazy. Like it it doesn't make any sense. Um, Their numbers. um, And and we and, and I know we've had our personal conversations about just the the buffoonery of the numbers that were that, that they claimed for yeah. uh, one century as opposed to the numbers that were actually released based on pure hard data and yeah. how that wasn't even the the best um the, the the best ratings of MMA programming in Japan for that weekend no <laughs> you know and it's not even close yeah not even close and and so so what what's so interesting about Shinya Aoki's um uh his his article was that it validated a lot of the things that a lot of people are doing real genuine research on. And the only contradicting things that we have um, to say that, okay, the the numbers are what they say it is and they're making this amount of money and all that are are dressed up PR pieces. And unfortunately, we both see this in the media. A lot of times those PR pieces make it onto certain websites as articles. Exactly. Yes. You know, and uh, and that just sort of helps perpetuate the the ideas. And I saw quite a few people tweet out the 85 million thing. And, uh, you know, that one was so ridiculous, though, that even people that you would normally see sort of tweet out or post stuff like that didn't. 
Yeah, it, it was just, it was crazy. Like, um, it, what I found really crazy about that was that people who are known in the MMA space that normally don't comment a lot about one championship. Like they they'll acknowledge, okay, you know, Angela Lee is a dope fighter. They'll acknowledge that Shinya Yoki still has it. They'll acknowledge, you know, uh, Ang Ang uh, Ang or whatever. They 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 will acknowledge certain things that are undeniable truths yeah. about it, or even just the fights are good. Hmm. Um, but they were commenting on things that they normally don't, which is the ratings. They're yeah. kind of like, this is just silly. Like I yeah. think about like Aaron Bronstetter uh, of TSN. Uh, shout out to Aaron. He's one one of the the nice guys in in the industry. But yeah, you know, he, yeah, very good dude. And he he normally you know with TSN having a broadcast partnership with the with the UFC uh, in, in Canada. Of course, most of his coverage is going to be centered around the UFC. Yeah. But I mean, he instantly was like, like bro, like eighty five million, really, like. <laughs> Like really, and and it's it's drawing attention that just isn't necessary. So yeah. when when Shinya comes out there and says certain things, um, it's it's like we can think back to the ridiculous numbers. We can think back to um to some of these these fluff pieces and all that, and we could just see smoke and mirrors. Yeah, you know. And then of course, how the what you know, I don't want to throw any allegations out there that we can't substantiate. Uh, on 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 this show, but y- you know when he backtracks off that statement and offers like a multiple choice of excuses of why it was it was misinterpreted. Yeah, it, it sounds like it can can I curse? He can curse because it sounds like bullshit. It smells like it too. <laughs> it, you know, this is the thing. I mean, for the most part, One Century was an amazing show. Is that was a bit great too show. long for me. I was like, and I, I can only imagine if you're in the West. People who stayed up and watched both shows at one century must have been hurting. I yeah yeah that was that was a rough night. (laughs) Yeah, but you know, as far as like a card or multiple cards and fights go, I mean, Shudo versus Pancras prelims, champion versus champion, the uh, Angela Lee's Young fight number two, Christian Lee coming out of ten days notice and winning the uh, Grand Prix as a late replacement. I mean. DJ, everything overall, amazing, amazing cards. And the bullshit that surrounds something like 85 million people watching it statements diminishes the quality of that card. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is the single most frustrating thing about this company to me. Yeah. You know, that is that is it, because the product is good. They have excellent fighters. The fights themselves are fun to watch. The only thing I did as far as a presentation standpoint is concerned, the only thing I, I don't I'm not a particular fan of that team of commentary. I, I would I would switch things up on, on the commentary a bit. But um, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. I guess I'm a big fan of Michael Chavello's over oh, the yeah. topness. I like I like Michael Chavello, but pairing him with Mitch Chilson just mm, it's just too much. It's it's way too much. It's like tone I, it's it down. Funny, I think Mitch is good on technical, but I agree that the two of them together sometimes it can be like, oh, it's a bit cheesy. Yeah, it's like everybody's just yelling at me. Like just yeah. just calm down, fam. We get it. It's it's fun. Just just calm down. My like my favorite Mitch Chilson thing ever though was when he called the uh, Angela Lee's Yang fight and he was saying, Well, that was a beautiful belly to black suplex. <laughs> 
<laughs> Conversation um, for another day. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll talk about that. We'll probably talk about that one off air. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, you know, ultimately, like, yeah, the the Shinya thing really did, I think, shine a light at a lot of places. Like you said, a lot of people don't comment on one or they don't cover one because they have relationships with the UFC or just not the as time zones and stuff. Yeah. It's yeah. It's because it's not easy for media on this side of the earth to, mm-hmm. to cover one with a, a level of regularity um, yeah. and which is totally understandable. Cause I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that could be the same for, you know, Asian media covering the UFC or, or Bellator yeah. or whatnot. So, so it all, it all, it all makes sense. But, when you're, when you're attracting negative attention, you might want to change your approach. It's yeah. okay to not have 85 million people watching. It's okay. It's okay to not be raking in hundreds of millions of dollars and being the greatest thing in the world since sliced bread. It's okay. You just have to own what you are and embrace it. Um, you know, and the, you talk about like not making hundreds of millions of dollars and not being the greatest thing, but one of the things that makes me think about is Chatry often talks about one championship as a startup in the same way that a tech company is even to the fact that they raised, you know, venture capital. It really feels like we work to me. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? And now yeah. they've got the esports, they've got all this. And one of the things that Shinya said in his, the first version of his article that was published that was translated was that one has not been able to capture or cultivate any star power in Japan. And you mm. think about that one century show, they had champions from Shuto and Pancrase on there. May Yamaguchi was on that card, you know, uh, Yushin Okami, you know, big names or should be big names in Japan. And it falls flat. Shinya Aoki was on that card. Yeah, and he's certainly a star of Japanese MMA. So, you know, the thing the thing is, Japan has just been a tough uh, a tough one to crack unless unless it's a, a homegrown Japanese brand. Ryzen, yeah, yeah, like Ryzen, which is which is essentially um, you know the remnants of Pride. Yeah, you know, put put back together, uh, and Dream, of course, you know, Dream. had benefited from from that legacy as well. You think about when the UFC bought out Pride, like they couldn't even run shows yeah. in in Japan, like they couldn't run Pride any longer because it just it it for the myriad of reasons that that would be a whole another podcast. Um, it, so I, I would suspect that there would be issues with uh, you know a, a Singapore based promotion. Um, kind of trying to make their inroads into Japan and trying to do it with with such gusto, just off mm. off rip. Like you, you've got to build up to these things, especially if the company is struggling. Especially if we are to believe Shinya Yoki's statements and and their and and the the reports of uh, John Nash at Bloody Elbow, where they're hemorrhaging money and just this money is just is disappearing. Um, right, and and we know that. Their their big free agent acquisitions like Eddie Alvarez uh, cost a ton of money for the company. Uh, we, Del, Del, right. uh, Vitor, and Vitor as well. Yeah, we and we also can assume that a lot of resources are going into their esports, which personally I think will be the saving grace for the company. I think the, I think the esports will will resurrect this, this brand, um, but. But then also, um, aren't they planning a movie studio as well? 
Yeah, I think they already they filmed a movie with I believe Brandon Vera in it. Yeah. So um, yeah, like at some point you have to start making some money back. Yeah. The the thing about esports too is I I feel like Chatry's a bit indifferent about it. That this isn't his baby, and I maybe I, I don't know, but like he he doesn't tweet about the esports as much as he does the MMA. They don't hype it. Despite ha- they they put on a, a big show recently, and I didn't see anything on Chatry's Twitter really about it. Um, well, that's that's kind of disheartening. I mean, but but I do think the esports has more of an opportunity for organic growth. Oh, for sure. I, I sure. don't disagree with that. Yeah. I'm just surprised by the the sort of indifference by Chatry about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, also, like, why aren't they using DJ more for the esports stuff? He's technically their esports brand ambassador. Yeah, he's huge in the streaming space for for Twitch. So, I mean, I would be like, hey, DJ, guess who's the new VP of uh, esports at One? Yeah, Good don't don't make the same mistake that Dana White did with yeah. with DJ and and a market neglected. Um, but see, but but see, my point is with the you know with the esports having the chance for organic growth is that by making these exaggerated claims by kind of mm. perpetuating the ridiculous they eliminate the the opportunity for organic growth with one championship as a as an MMA promotion for sure yeah you know you think about um the the sort of uh brand loyalty that a regional promotion in the United States like LFA has or mm. uh, you you think about uh the the hardcore following that Invicta has hardcore the, the, yeah, like very hardcore followings that, that they have and, and people that are very loyal to this product and, and they've been able to thrive yeah. because you allow for organic growth. And we can even look at the UFC as as one of those promotions early on. For sure. You think about back in the day, uh, Gladiator Challenge and uh, King of the Cage, like people were fanatical about those. Exactly. And by by one insisting that that they are something that they are not, they are eliminating the potential to capture that sort of wave, a wave that's much more in, enduring, that 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 carries a lot more weight than bold claims that can't be backed by anything remotely factual. If you think about it, too, like to this day, how many people compare every show in Japan to Pride? Every, every single time. Every, every single time. time. Pride mm-hmm. never die. Right. And unfortunately, no one, there's a promotion here in Bangkok called Full Metal Dojo that people, like you said, with Invicta are fanatical about Full Metal Dojo. People come from all over the world when there's a Full Metal Dojo event. And they've only, they, I think they probably do like 500, 500 people in the uh, club that it's in. Mm-hmm. But I mean, people are that fanatical about it. And I don't know anyone who travels. You know, other than the Century Show, where I know people who went to Japan for that show, I don't know anyone who travels to Bangkok for this Friday's uh, One Championship event. Yeah, and and um, it's at a stadium not far from here, and I wouldn't even make the trip to that stadium. I'll just watch it on YouTube for free. Yeah, um, yeah, they've um, yeah, I, I don't even know what to <laughs> what to say, man. They they've um. They've, they're kind of tripping over themselves with mm. with with some of some of these claims, and I'm I'm glad that we've had this sort of um, uh, admission of sorts from Shinya Aoki, even if it's not something that that uh, that lasts as far as being officially on the record, yep. since it's clearly been revised. So so let's get into that revision because there was a second version of this 
uh, put out there. And I got to give a shout out, and I'll, I'll retweet this uh, when this goes live. But to again, Jonathan of Qualoon on Twitter, who actually tweeted out he has an archive version of the original article, and he has the uh, the new version. He tweeted it out with uh, the significant changes in it. And so now Shinya has kind of walked back some of the claims he made, saying what they were misinterpreted or that he misspoke. And again, we don't know why, but I'm sure people can draw conclusions on their own. Yeah. I, you know, I'll just go out there and say that it, his uh, revision didn't sound like he wrote it. Yeah. Um, it, it took a tone of like, normally if things are just slightly misinterpreted, uh, okay. You know, yeah. things can get lost in translation and that's, that happens a lot and it's okay. It's, mm. You know, you dial it back and you figure, you figure out what was really said, no harm, no foul. Yeah. But the, the defiant tone in it where it was like, you know, kind of pointing the finger at Western media yeah. that felt that, that had, that, that felt a little, a little tinge of chartery in it, if you ask me. So, I had my own guy do a translation on the uh, the first and the in the uh, second version, and Bloody Elbow's original translation was accurate as far as what he told me. And he's native Japanese speaker. Sat down with me, walked through the original and the the Bloody Elbow um, that was done by uh, was it Craven fan was the uh, the guy right. who translated it. Said so it, it's that is exactly accurate to what the original was. <laughs> archive version that was an accurate translation and this has come from a native japanese speaker who i work with and so the revision again it had that tinge of you know how dare you question me you know you evil western media fake news yeah you know maga hat all that kind of feel to it yeah it, it what, what it kind of reminded me of was uh when will chope recently you kind of ran afoul of of their good graces and yeah. the the very measured kind of diplomatic response followed immediately by a legal threat yes that that's kind of the the same vibe i i got where it's like you're you're trying to handle this in the nice mature fashion but you just don't quite know how so you want to lash out and anger yeah and I, now I've interviewed uh, Chachi before uh, on one of my business shows when we were still on speaking terms of uh, media wise, and uh, he he has told me that he his temper is his biggest weakness. Like he knows that. So imagine being like that PR team and have like both ends of that <laughs> being in the middle there. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you. Right, and um, it, it's funny because. You think we talked about like the the kind of the parallels with uh, Dana White and uh, Tyron Woodley, Dana White and Tito before, and those sort of uh, dissidents. And when Dana flips out and, and drops f bombs and you know tells people to go to hell, it's sort of funny, and mm -hmm. it's sort of part of his personality. For whatever reason, Chatry's sort of executive presence, his sort of uh, persona, doesn't come across as fun-loving when he's flipping out on people, or or when he's when he's really putting someone in the in a corner. I could I could see that. I've, I've never personally interacted with him, um, but judging from the um, the persona that he displays uh, in the public, 
Yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense because his branding even isn't even um, isn't even based on uh, I'm trying to say how, being edgy like like Dana's was where Dana yeah. was like like the the bad guy of sports and that presence was sort of necessary at the yeah. time that that he really became a, a star in his own right. Uh, Chaudhry has has uh, taken the opposite approach. Yeah. Chaudhry has decided, hey, I'm going to be the good guy. I'm going to be the, the 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 nice kind promoter and you know one championship is about honor and integrity and morals and you know we're building heroes not just you Super know heroes. yeah yeah superheroes yes very important as i wear my captain america hoodie um so, so does that make him the professor x of uh of Asian <laughs> or the dr frankenstein i don't know <laughs> um <laughs> um yeah man so he oh, I, actually maybe more the the amanda waller um, oh. there. Nice, there we go. nice little suicide squad reference for y'all but um I, you know i i think when you have that sort of public persona where you're preaching morals and integrity and and being upright and being above this and above that mm. probably feels a lot more dramatic when you show the anger when you show yeah. the temper and when you, when you show the negativity L- little room for forgiveness i guess Right, right. It's it, it's it's more jarring. I think. I think. I think anyone. It just as a kind of a, a a joke amongst MMA media. A lot of times, it's kind of like you haven't you haven't arrived until Dana White's yelled at you or yeah. you know or gotten angry at you or something. I know. I know the first time Dana got mad at me, mm. I was pretty proud. It's like wow, this I, I I I made it. Like I'm doing some work here. Push that line. Yeah, like wow. I, like I, Dana has directed his anger toward me with the microphone in front of him. Like that's, but Chaudhry doesn't have that same sort of persona. Yeah. Well, in so Asian for, MMA, it's, you know, you, you don't, you don't earn your wings until one championship blocks you on Twitter. <laughs> I, I I have seen a lot of people bragging about uh, getting blocked by, by one on, on, on Twitter. So far, so far they haven't blocked me. That might change after this comes out. Yeah, that might change at uh, at uh, twelve at noon Eastern time. <laughs> check check their Twitter at twelve oh one. Yeah, yeah, I'll see. I'll see what it is tomorrow morning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're um, yeah, and a few people recently have been uh, they went on sort of a rampage in December and blocked. Uh, I want to say like ten or twenty more people that were tweeting about it. Oh, you know what? In December, I, in in December, I was already let go from Sherdog. So oh. maybe, maybe I just I just missed the sweep. <laughs> and we we should say let go due to uh, what bureaucracy in the state that you live in, right? Right. Yeah. Just yeah. that um, a pesky uh, independent contractor law in in California. But we could also point the finger at Sherdog's parent company for not just hiring me as a full time employee. Uh, yeah. Considering the amount of work I was doing up there, but you know, they have any full time guys in uh, Sherdog? Uh, very few, very very few. I one or two. That's how media companies generally run today, so it's not surprising. Yeah, they're trying to make content farms and not, you know, yeah. being being concerned about quality of work and you know people dedicated to their craft. So it's what it is. Just the way to go. Yes, sir. I mean. It's, Either that or be a, a freelancer for life, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, those those are the options for for uh, this life that we live. Indeed, indeed. The uh, MMA journalism is a strange, fickle thing. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It chew up, spit you out, and 
you'll come back for more. It, it kind of feels like uh, journalism might be the way that uh, Shinya is looking to go with that article, though. I mean, you know, it's, that's not his first that he's put out there, but probably his most serious toned. The, I mean, the original version. I, I mean, I'll I tell you what, he he um, he, he definitely put out something that was newsworthy. Yeah. You know, because that is a big deal. And, and, you know, for all the all the jokes we can tell about exaggerated viewership and the true reach or or financials of the company all the things we can say about that it is true that one championship is a major brand in mixed martial arts you know whether whether they you know if if they fold within the year the way Shinya seemed to be implying there yeah, that's a whole nother conversation but as of right now that's, that is sequoia allowing it to happen so that, that's one of the things you have to think of. Sequoia or Mission is their, their other big backer that is one of these major financial backers allowing it to happen. And even with WeWork, we saw SoftBank bail them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would think personally, and like you said, with esports, having the opportunity for organic growth and one is an MMA brand being really a major player and putting on some of the best shows there has to be a road to profitability there somewhere. Right. So I, I would think that one of their backers would bail them out and be like, all right, here's a 12-month plan to profitability, or here's a 12-month plan to exit, follow it. Yeah. It makes, I, I don't know yeah. that maybe profitability is not, not in the cards for them, but maybe some type of exit is. Maybe. I mean, even if, they, if, if they're less in the red, you know, could be because you think about the UFC spent years in debt, like the Fertitta brothers after they, they purchased it from SEG were, mm-hmm. were bleeding money for, for years before they turned a profit. Um, so it, a lot of times it's just a matter of the initial investors just having the testicular fortitude to stick it out, man. That that's, that's really what it boils down to. It's like, how much money are you willing to burn through before you get something back? Um, but the thing is the rate that they seem to be burning money uh, that, that that we don't see. In fact, we've seen, according to uh, some of the stats that we saw on Bloody Elbow, like year by year, they're making less money. And yeah. they started off not making much money in comparison mm-hmm. to what they were putting out. So if you keep following that trend, um, pretty – pretty dismal outlook quite frankly but here's i mean the other side of that and this is what i think of when i think of all right what is what does this have to look like and sort of to play devil's advocate maybe shinya doesn't know all the the big picture frameworks that one's putting in place from a business perspective but he, he probably knows from his close relationship with chatry or some other people that they are burning through more money than they have but I have to think that for an outfit like Sequoia and Mission to put cash into one championship, Chatry had to go to them with a plan of how he's going to turn their investment into an increase in value. I've raised money from VCs before, and it's not something they don't just sign a check over because they like you. They they scrutinize everything, and I have to imagine Sequoia, who is one of the most storied investors in in the world probably went even deeper on that. So maybe they're just not hitting their metrics or maybe they are, we don't know. I hope that they stay alive because I want to keep seeing those fights. And I like the frequency with which they put fights on. 
Um, but there, there's got to be something there that they're not seeing. And I know when I when I interviewed Chatry before on my one of my old business podcasts, he actually said that the whole idea of the app, the one app in the <clears> streaming, <throat> was Sequoia's idea. That that wasn't him. So they obviously brought business acumen to the to the company after the investment, and they were like, "Hey, don't go after pay per view because no one in Asia is going to be able to pay for it. Let's give it away for free and monetize it on some tertiary side." I, I don't know what what their plan is, but I imagine the pressure he's feeling from investors and board members has to be massive. I, I'd, I'd imagine so. I mean. Um... So, so was the the Turner Sports deal? Was that Sequoia's idea? I have no idea. I mean, this was again my my interview with Chachi was almost two years ago. Where okay, he told me that the app was was uh, Sequoia. Okay, so yeah, so I mean, there there has when you look at the the uh, Turner Sports deal, when I, I would I would jump on the limb and say that business plan that Sequoia okay that that big check being signed over uh to, mm-hmm. to one championship probably had a lot to do with with expansion into north america i would imagine it'd have to yeah I, I that that seems to be that seems to be uh something big on it because then you saw like granted they did have ben aspirin before and and, and brandon vera but other than that they, you didn't really have a lot of uh, a lot of north american fighters making their way over to one at least in any sort of major capacity at least anything that that attracted mm-hmm. a lot of attention excuse me and then now all of a sudden you get eddie alvarez you get demetrius johnson you get sage mm-hmm. northcutt you, you know you you get misha tate as uh as an executive you get yeah you you, you bring aboard rich franklin like you you well, rich, make rich been on for yeah he's been on for a while yeah but you have a fleet of of well-known american mm-hmm. uh mixed martial arts stars um to be part of this company to be either running the company in the boardroom or to be competing in the cage in yeah. main and co-main event spots and and contesting for for title belts and whatnot, and you you have this this um uh, this broadcast deal that affects North American audiences. It seems like that would be the push. The only problem is, you know, by the way they operate in other and in, in more the regulatory sense, U.S. Athletic Commission is probably not going to let that fly. I, I can't I can't imagine them being greenlit the way they operate now by any promotion. Uh you and I were talking right before we came on. Their their head official, Olivier Cost, is a full time employee. No way they let him ref a fight in under a US commission. And one, I don't even think he would be qualified in the state of California to be a referee um at all, let alone you know, whatever his role would be if they went to the U.S. And I don't think I've ever seen any of their other refs in a U.S. commissioned fight. Um, I, I can't recall seeing any of them. Yeah. And so, again, would any of them – and they, they have good refs, don't get me wrong. And I, I'm not saying Olivier is a bad ref. He just has no credibility because he's an employee. Uh, he does a, a fairly good job of you know, controlling the action, stopping fights when they need to stop. And for the most part, as do most of their refs, and they they do well. But again, would a commission license any of them? I don't know. And would one be happy to have 
a Herb Dean or a John McCarthy or no, McCarthy's retired. Uh, Herb Dean, uh, uh, Jason well, like, Herzog, yeah, um, you know, refing their fights. I don't know. Yeah, and and the thing is, they would have to in order to get that U.S. expansion, they have to relinquish so much of the of the tight control they keep yep. on every detail of of the fight. Like you think about when when Pride made its, uh, I think, two trips to to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. A, a a lot of things had to change along the way. Drug you know, and it, it a lot, a lot of yeah. When half the card pops hot, yeah. yeah. Well, it's a byproduct of fighting in the U.S. You, you yeah. know, there there are certain things that they're just going to have to relinquish control over. And you know, I I would, yeah, I would hope that Sequoia, if uh, would put pressure on um, on Chatri about some of this stuff, if if he's not already kind of thinking, okay, we ha- there's certain things we can and can't do mm. in the United States if we want to uh, try to take advantage of, of this huge um, North American mixed martial arts audience. Certain things we just can't do. You know, and the rules and the judging are going to be probably the two biggest ones because they do the they score overall, which has zero transparency and which I hate. Um, I'm a big proponent of round by round uh, scoring because fights are fought by round. Uh, that's always been my argument. I'm not necessarily a fan of 10, nine, uh, 10 point must, but round by round scoring, if you're going to give a fighter a break in between rounds, you should score it as such, in my opinion. Well, the thing is, I, like, I, I don't think that's going to be the biggest issue with the, the, the judging and, and the scoring because th- that's just it doesn't it doesn't change the business going into it. But the well, business it because they don't control it anymore. But you if if you just let the contest take place and you have and, and it's so important to get the American audience. OK, you just got to you just got to relinquish control and yeah. just let it happen. But where I think things start falling apart is when we start talking about the conflict of interest with the with the agencies, yeah. um, you know, with, with fighters the, fighting for one championship. Exactly. Where you when you have like the the, the fighters coming out of the gym um that the promoter owns and that he teaches classes at and he spars with them and 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 the the matchmaker being a coach at that gym and stuff it doesn't those are the sort of things that will derail um a u.s show and not necessarily the scoring and judging because hey you just got to sit in your hands and 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 take it for what it is if you want to bring a show here that doesn't necessarily change the product you know as, as far as from the boardroom perspective but the agency, the ties to evolve, that changes fundamentally how the company is run. Yeah, and a commission will have to take a close look at that. Now, I know that there's been a lot of talk about New York, um, Madison Square Garden. One, I don't think they could fill Madison Square Garden. They could do that small theater probably, 5,000 people. The, uh, the Hulu theater, but, but Madison Square – well, the New York commission is also one of the strictest – in the in the country like they are they are a very very tough commission this is the same commission that refused to allow rashad evans to fight there uh Mm -hmm. twice um they've they're they're very they're very tough um granted they make a a fair amount of mistakes as Mm -hmm. the daniel cormier tailgate and the kelvin gastelum tailgate too will will, (laughs) you know can can uh can attest to uh, but but they're definitely was an elbow, wasn't it? An elbow? Oh yeah, sorry, elbow, Kate. Yeah, yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> but but like you, I, I would say you you'd be better off if you're one championship going to Texas, going to Alabama, going going to any place that would allow BKFC to operate. That Montana. You, yeah, you want to go there. Yeah, but because, that's not their style. They wanna they want a big name on the arena, and they want to say they sold it out. Yeah. Now, by sold out, we mean that they're going to give away three times as many tickets as there are seats, and they're going to try to fill as many of them as they can, which is fine. That's their their business model, but or or lack of business model. But like they don't want to say, "Hey, we have a sold out Joe's Bar in you know Westwood, Montana." Right. They want to say we we're at the sold out Madison Square Garden. You know, in New York City, they they want to say we're at the sold out. Uh, what's the the one in Anaheim there? The oh, uh, Honda Center. Honda Center. Honda yeah. Center. Those are that's what they want. That that fits with their marquee. Friday night there'll be an Impact Arena, which actually is not in Bangkok. It's in Nantabri, right outside the city. It'd be like Anaheim versus L.A. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to say, oh, we're in the sold out. You know, Impact Center, and then not let the camera pan up and show all the empty <laughs> um so that that's what they want though they want that that feel they want that that marquee and so they're not going to go to texas they're not going to go to alabama montana some indian reservation they're going to do what they have to do i think to get into new york or la or vegas well, I, I I spoke with um, a couple of people at the California uh, Athletic Commission, and California State, no, not fam, mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah, there's just the vibe I got from the the few people I spoke to about because there was a rumor that that one had made some sort of formal request yeah. uh, to the Athletic Commission. In fact, I, th- I think we talked about this. Yeah, um, yeah, we discussed it well before we ever pressed record on this, like months yeah. ago, or whenever, whenever that that was. But um, I, I didn't get any vibe of optimism from anyone that I spoke with at the athletic commission, in, including Andy Foster, about yeah. you know one's chances of being regulated in we, in we California. Not let John Jones fight Juice to the Gills. Right. Yeah. Like the Cal- California is definitely not without its sins and UFC 232 being chief among them uh, ranked very, like ranked very, very closely by an event that took place the month before. And that was uh Chuck Tito three. Yeah. Um, so, so they, they definitely can, you, know, you can point the finger at them for, for some, um, some misdeeds, but it didn't seem like they'd be just, just welcoming one championship with open arms. And if they did, they're going to have to, there are a lot of things they are going to have to change. And I mean, you think in particular the weight cutting um, or lack thereof or their hydration system, whatever, whatever it is that they do to weigh in fighters at, at one California in particular, which has, which has prevented um, the UFC from running certain fights the way they originally intended based on their regulations. Um, yeah, they're not going to give one any favors on, on, on that regard. Um, they might raise an eyebrow when Demetrius Johnson is in the cage against somebody who looks like they belong at welterweight. <laughs> they, they just might get a little suspicious about that. They just might. Yeah. And, you know, and especially, and I don't think they're going to care to say, hey, I don't care who tested this urine on ungloved. You know, yeah. Yeah, we, we need to let them weigh in with our officials and, and understand that they, they are healthy. 
Yeah, a, a picture of Rich Franklin in sandals with a cup of urine is it, not going to suffice for a weigh-in. So, yeah, they 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 might have to yeah. change a lot, a lot of things well, in I order to have a chance. First, to broadcast the weigh-ins was maybe sort of a, a step in that direction. Hopefully, exactly. And I and I think they deserve praise for that for at least trying. Now, now, granted, yeah. there there were flaws with it. Uh, if I'm remembering this correctly, like what four, maybe five people kind of failed their hydration taste and they yeah. fought with no problem the the, the next day. Like, yeah. um, so, so yeah, there, there certainly were flaws with it, but it is a step in the right direction. And as much as um, as as much as uh, I criticize them, as much as you criticize them, I think it is only fair if we give them praise for at least trying to make a step in the right direction. For sure. And I, when they did that, I mean, I remember when uh, I think all of us were kind of like freaking out when they scheduled yeah. that. Uh, I, I remember we have a we have a little Twitter group and uh, everyone was like, holy shit, they scheduled the way. Yeah, I'm like, oh, man, what's that? <laughs> They've been listening. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, but yeah. What, and also what they do for though, they say they do four hydration tests during the week. Right. They, they're not going to. I mean, they could broadcast them all, but logistically, it's going to be a challenge. Right. Um, uh, mm, it's not maybe. that hard to to do a live stream on YouTube. Yeah, true. Get someone with a phone. Yeah, it's it's not that hard. And when and when you're talking about uh, when you're talking about like fights of this magnitude, where you're talking yeah. about the the level of investor capital that's gone into this, yeah, somebody can just post up a little webcam and and hit stream now on YouTube. Very true. You know, and I've got to say, I mean, from the the idea of their weigh-ins. I really like the whole hydration thing, mm -hmm. but I don't like, like you said, when I see DJ, arguably the greatest fighter in the modern era, fighting against a dude who's clearly three weight classes, four weight classes above him. Yeah, when when, when like DJ's opponent's thigh is bigger than him. Yeah, probably not the same weight class, and and if they are in the same weight class, one of them cut weight. Yeah, exactly, a lot. A lot of weight and probably wouldn't have passed a, a hydration test, but I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying, like common people, sense. Some of the the rumors and things people have said uh, off the record, you know, and I don't know if it's like that now, but it wasn't always uh, on the up and up. And I, Will Chope talked about this, you know, in length in uh, some of the stuff he's posted, especially since his fallout with uh, one. And then you can listen on. I'll put a link to the other podcast with uh, Will Chope where I interviewed him and he, he did not hold back. No, he did not. <laughs> he, he, he did not. Was... And, and Will's earned the right to not have to hold back. I mean, the dude fights on a weekly basis, running a gym. He's running a promotion. He's, he's, the, he's the Joe Sixpack of Asian MMA. <laughs> you know, fantastic, uh, fantastic guy. But yeah, I, I just thought it, the whole Shinya thing was so interesting and eye-opening and then cringy and then what the fuck ish you know all at the same time yeah it, it sort of encompassed everything that we criticize about one championship yeah. and you know like it's it's okay to mess things up and be wrong about something it's okay but the way you handle it says a lot yeah um absolutely. yeah and this this was handled very 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 poorly um, and then even their their uh, press release, like right afterward, where announced all these partnerships that mean nothing, including a gym that 
from from what I understand is like bankrupt and doesn't yeah. even run in Asia anymore. It, yeah, you know, it's sponsorship things are just weird. It just it doesn't make any sense. It's like this this whole uh, this whole intent to just fool everybody with smoke and mirrors while neglecting the fact that you have a fine product that just stands on its own. Yeah, an amazing product. It's just, I mean, I mean kickboxing with little gloves. I want kickboxing that all day. With little gloves. I mean, yeah. it's beautiful. It's an amazing thing. And, yeah. you know, it's it's funny because the people who I really, like, they really push Angela. They really push Stamp. And, I mean, both of them are, are good fighters, but it's like the Shinyas who, or the Christian, who doesn't get the shine that his sister gets, was probably my favorite fighter in one right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, they try to manufacture stars, and then they've got all these other people who are sort of organically. Cosmo uh, Alessandre has become one of my favorite fighters of uh, <laughs> of 2019 just for his dismantling of Sage. Oh, poor Sage. That was that was just poor matchmaking, and the fact that they accepted that fight, they should have known that Cosmo's a killer. Yeah, that that was that was intentional matchmaking. They, they I, I think they very well knew what they were doing, and I think they, I think they did the same thing to Eddie Alvarez. Well, that Timothy Nessie you can fight was that was a tough fight, but at the same time, Eddie has to have a tough fight coming in. Oh no, of course, like they, Sage I. Didn't. I Yes. Yeah. I, I'll give I'll give you that. But I but I think also Demetrius Johnson, it, when they pair him up with a guy that clearly doesn't belong in the same weight range as him. Yeah. You know, I think they were trying to build up their brand and say, hey, we brought in these these American UFC stars and our guys smashed them. That's how good we are. That's an of course, DJ's just move. DJ's just that good to yeah. where. You know, you could put DJ in there against uh, against a, a middling heavyweight, and he and he probably he probably beat him. He, you know, like, yeah, DJ's just that that this that that good. And honestly, um, other than Brandon Vera, heavyweight, they're all middling. Fair enough. Yes, fair enough. <laughs> well, yeah. we'll, maybe we'll see DJ in the uh, the open weight Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah his um yeah, his opponent just has to pass the hydration test and. <laughs> We're good to go. <laughs> Book it. DJ's playing open weight at a fully hydrated 136. Yeah. Yeah, you with his shorts on. <laughs> with a t-shirt or the hoodie. <laughs> you know, th- that that's part of it. I mean, yeah, that may- maybe they brought Sage in. Maybe they brought Eddie in to get smashed. Maybe it was intentional matchmaking. Or maybe they really thought Sage will take Cosmo down and, and grind him for three rounds. But, I mean, anyone who's seen Cosmo fight knows that uh, dude cuts angles and he hits hard. Yeah, and you put the fight in the ring, so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely not, not Sage's world. So, I, you know, it, it's, a, it's a lot of, lot of questions that can, be, that can be raised with that, but, yeah, it's all good. It's all good? It's all good. Are you, you going to watch on Friday? Friday morning for you. Or Thursday, Thursday morning for you? Uh, Friday Thursday. morning. Friday morning. It'll be Friday morning for me. I'm. It depends on what my son says. <laughs> uh, with a, a newborn baby in the house, and yeah. I'm on yeah, his schedule. Sure. Thank you, thank you very much. Me I'm too. on his schedule, so yeah. He tells me what what time I can do anything. The only the only <laughs> thing I do independent of his schedule is go to my day job. <laughs> and even then, e- even then, 
you know, today he he didn't let me go in on time. So yeah, yeah, it's Friday night for me here for the for uh, one. So I'll be watching that, and then Sunday morning breakfast in UFC. Not a, not a bad weekend for you. No, yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. You grab grab some breakfast at my friend's restaurant, watch some uh, UFC, have a cup of coffee, home yeah. for lunch. You'll see this weekend? Is it this weekend, the 12th? No, no. No, no. The next, I think the next fight is uh, McGregor's fight on the 18th. 18th, okay. Yeah. Okay, sorry, not this weekend, next weekend. Yeah, I'm about to say, like, oh, man, I better get on my job. I haven't tape studied or nothing, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't usually report on UFC because so many people do it well. I'd rather read what they do, like guys like you. Oh, and you. Uh, I'll just I'll stick to Asian MMA. Hey, it makes it because I, I I tune into to your work uh, to keep me updated with a lot of Asian MMA that I don't get to watch uh, when it's going on live. So um, we'll we'll just keep this bartering thing going on. It works well. It works well. <laughs> But anyway, let's wrap it up, uh, Anthony. I appreciate you taking the time, man. I know it's late there. You got the baby, and uh, a lot good, going on. It's all good, man. I, I'm I'm just happy we we finally got to got to sit down, do a little podcasting together, right. and then, yeah, well, I got to get you on, on my channel too, man. We'll uh we'll we'll make this this uh this time thing work out. We'll figure it. Out. Yeah, you're what 14 hours behind me, right? Jeez. So I'm like exactly. talking I'm talking to you in the future right now. That's what's up. Yeah. It's a Thursday afternoon here, man. That's that's pretty cool. So this, so when it's my Thursday afternoon, I'll say I'll say in the alternate universe, I, yeah, I was, alternate I, was talking, universe. I was talking to Dana. The multiverse. <laughs> All right, Anthony, man. Thank you so much, everyone. Check out Anthony's uh, channel. Everything he does, I'll have links to everything Anthony is doing down in the show notes and in the description. If you're watching this on YouTube, and until next time, stay happy.